Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. I'm having like a senior moment. Senior high school or senior like old person? How did you get in my house? <laughs> I was like, did we not record last week? Because I am just having all sorts of I'm, I keep being like, OK, I'm set up and ready to record. No, I'm not. I didn't do this thing, didn't do that thing, didn't do this other thing. And so, like, I invited you and I, I was like, oh, shit, I still have all this. I didn't even turn on the tablet that has my notes on it. You know what? It's OK, because, like, normally I'm set up so early. It takes me like 10 minutes to set up. It's a pretty quick setup, but it takes me like 10 minutes to set everything up. And I get it done like really early and then I'm just sitting around and then sometimes you'll even be like, hey, it's going to be I'm going to be a few minutes late. And I'm like, all right, so I got even more time to kill. And this time I was like, oh, I got I got done with everything early. I was like, you know what? I haven't set anything up, but I got plenty of time. I got like like almost an hour. And then all of a sudden, Sarah, it's like 10 minutes before we're about to start recording. And, and Sarah's like. Are you going to set up? What are you doing in there? What do you, I was like just watching television, just, uh, just like watching videos on my computer and eating candy or something. And just like, it was just eating. I literally had just a bowl of chocolate chips and I was watching old episodes of key and peel in the kitchen. And she was like, are you going to, are you doing this? What's happening right now? You're like, Shh, I'm almost recording. I'm busy. And I was like, yeah, what time is, Oh God. And I had to like run in and start throwing everything together. And uh, I literally just threw things. I just started throwing things around the room. I've definitely been there. Yeah. The first part. I don't think I've ever thrown anything. Ever? Due to a lack of athleticism? Yeah, that might be part of it. Yeah. An abundance of Arby's. It's going to be the title of my memoirs. An abundance of Arby's? Yes. My life in show business. <laughs> um, how are you? Oh, well, that that explains it. That's... Yeah, I'm still sick, man. We have to be careful about what we say on here now, though. Cause I'm, I know. Let me, tell you, let me tell you, I'm very sick of fucking YouTube being such a little bitch. Oh, snap. This is very niche. Not a lot of people are going to know, but a few people will. We got flagged. We record videos for Patreon. Yeah. And we mentioned... Evidently something we're not allowed to mention. We didn't say anything I, I thought particularly controversial. Yeah. But evidently, because we were making because that's the thing. All right. So we mentioned the the pandemic and the virus. Set up the scenario. Oh, my God. So we commented on the virus that's been plaguing our world for the past two years. And one of the things we say is we make fun of the far right for believing it's not real. Right. And we right. say they're not smart enough to come up with a good name. For, for this virus. Right. And we got a, uh, a warning on YouTube because yeah. we filmed the, the, we put videos up on Patreon for some of our patrons. YouTube took the video down and said, this is a warning because you're spreading medical misinformation. And if you do it again, you'll get a strike on your account. And it's three strikes and they delete your channel. Right. So this will be the first right. strike. Right. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> That's not what we were doing. So I looked to the advice of YouTubers. I, I asked for advice from a couple YouTubers that I know. And I didn't hear back from a lot of them. One person responded and was like, you should try appealing. See what happens. And I was like, okay. And you said to appeal. And uh, Melinda said to appeal. So I was like, all right, fuck it. What's the worst thing that could happen? So I appealed. So anyway, we're starting a new YouTube channel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you can't find our old one, look for uh, the Media Lunch Break 1 is the new one. No. So we appealed. And I explained everything in detail. And I was like, we're not. Uh, like, our show used to have a disclaimer at the beginning that said, please get vaccinated. Hey, you. 
YouTube. Do you understand sarcasm? Do you understand the tone of sarcasm? I don't even think it was sarcastic, though. That's the thing. I think they just didn't get the joke. Right. Or, like, at the time, what I thought was an algorithm right. heard us use certain, certain words. Keywords, yeah. Yeah. And just, like, and just kicked it. So it. I was like, okay, well, I'll just explain this, and it'll go to a person. Because when you appeal, it goes to an actual person. Right. Which is one of the reasons why a lot of times we—it's one of the reasons why I wanted to check in with people first. Because if you get a strike due to copyright stuff— Right. And you— uh, or if you get a warning due to copyright stuff and you appeal it and it goes to, like, the person who has the rights, right. a lot of times they'll be pissed off that you appealed it, so they'll just give you a strike. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're So saying. they'll change the warning to a strike because they don't right. like that you appealed it because you're wrong. Right. So I appealed it, and I and there's a thing that's like, ex- do you want to let us know anything? Do you want to tell anything to us? Do you want to explain anything? And I was like, I would love to explain some things. <laughs> so, like, I went through the, like, I had COVID my whole thing. Ah, shit, fuck, I said it. We all had had that thing, like everyone in my well, household you can say had it. it. It's, I think isn't it? You can say it, but you can't. I don't know, Chris. That's, uh, that's what true. I'm trying to that's, say. I guess that's the whole point of this, isn't because it? Because here's the thing: because if it had been like, "Hey, you were bullying people," right? I'd have been like, "Okay, we did call them idiots. Like we said, they weren't smart." Yeah, but it was that we were spreading misinformation. I think because we we had used the. Uh, we hang on, hang on. The end of that story is that we lost the appeal. I explained oh, really? everything. Okay, I explained cool. the joke because I felt the need to do that. And I explained, like, my history with this virus and, like, you know, my fiance, like, was well, – I had to, like, carry her into urgent care because she was unconscious for, like, four days. And, like, we are – we're not – we don't take this thing lightly. And I, I put all that in there and explained the joke. Like, I outlined, like, this is what we were trying to do. We may not have been successful, but we, you know, and I wouldn't even argue that it's a funny joke. No one's arguing that this is a funny joke. Right. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> right. right. So, and they kicked it back and they said, we have had an employee of YouTube review this and uh, we feel you were spreading misinformation. I believe that YouTube is spreading misinformation about how a joke breaks down. Right. That that's, too, right? That's what I believe. So YouTube gets a strike from me, and if they get three strikes, I get rid of YouTube. And look, again, if it was like, hey, you can't make fun of people, and you can't call people idiots, I'd have been like... Well, one, I can. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't do it on YouTube, where, where can, can you, you do, do it? it? Yeah, really. Yeah. Twitter. Well. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I, I was listening to it, because I, I was actually listening to the episode earlier this week, and I was like, you know, I guess... If it was an algorithm, if it was just like a computer, they don't understand like sarcasm. They I, like I was like, oh, maybe we're just hitting like flag words. You know what I mean? But I'm like, if it's a person like I'm not we're not we never we didn't say any medical facts. You know what I mean? We made up a nickname for for this well, thing. And you and I were making two very different jokes. Yes. I was making a joke about how I had a had a virus right. that was not that virus right. and the joke was that but it did it did say I ha- I was pretending to be a stupid person right. who was like yes I tested positive for that virus but it's probably something else. Right. And then I made that I mean you all heard the episode but like I made that I made that word up that I I didn't even it, it didn't connect to me. That that could be associated with a person who doesn't think that it's real. 
Right. Like, I wasn't even being sarcastic because I wasn't saying that. And then you were like, oh, how have they not adapted that? Because you made that connection. Right. And I'm like, and you put yeah. it straight. Again, none of this was sarcastic. You were like, how have they not stolen that idea yet? How have they not come up with that? Right. The, that wasn't the, the sarcasm part was the part you were doing about. But like, I also, I mean, it but, wasn't sarcastic. It was just pretending to be an idiot. Right. But that's what I meant by like. This whole thing's fucking stupid. It's really stupid. Yeah. So YouTube, if you're listening. Um, Fuck you. If you're listening, COVID is very real and very deadly. And if you flag us for this, then you're spreading misinformation. How about that? Well, that's the thing, too, right? Is I'm like, okay, if we. So what we did was we said the people who believe it's fake are idiots. Right. And they said that we're spreading misinformation. Right. So what that means is that they think that the people who think it's fake are smart. Right. Yeah, that computes. Like, again, if it was for bullying or whatever, I'd be like, okay, fine. We, you know, we deserve that. But, like, it's for spreading misinformation. The misinformation is that those people are wrong. That's the misinformation, according to YouTube. Insanity. Yep. Absolute insanity. What happened to freedom of speech in this country? Um, you have to do it somewhere other than YouTube. I thought you were going to say other than the United States. Well, that too. Yeah. Uh, this is a lot of people are going to be like... Wow, this is a lot of inside baseball talk for especially. I'm gonna, listen, I'm turning into Alex Jones little by little every day. I know, I know. And luckily you have that $42 million or whatever he has to pay out uh, to back it up, too. So that's good. No, but what I do have is I do eat as much Arby's as he obviously has. Very obviously. I think he's made of Arby's. I think his DNA is made up of a beef and cheddar. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic, geek, and movie news, all in the time it takes to eat a good Arby's and spend about, what, 10 minutes just bitching about YouTube. My name is Chris Treble. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. I thought you were going to say 10 minutes in the bathroom. Well, I mean, no. Honestly, if you have Arby's and you spend only 10 minutes in the bathroom, <laughs> you should probably consult the doctor because something's wrong. Yeah. How? I almost said, how are you? And I don't want to start that rant all over again. Yeah, you yeah. fucking know. We should make a couple announcements. Yes, let's make some announcements. Like that the application process to be part of our network is still going. If you have a podcast or you have an idea for a podcast, turn it into an MP3 somehow. You can record it on your phone. We're not worried about quality or anything like that. We can help walk you through that and, and editing and stuff. Just put it, put it, make a pilot, make an episode. Very easy peasy. Send it into us. I just got confirmed. There are three more coming in at least. Awesome. We haven't gotten them yet, but they're on their way. There's some good ones that have already been sent that I've listened to. I cannot wait to talk about them with you yes. because the, la- the last one I sent you, I'm like, I like this. One. I love it. But I we'll, love it. I love right, it. We'll talk great. more, but I love yes, it. Yes, we will. Yes. Uh, so yeah, and I've got confirmed that three more are coming in. One of them is me. <laughs> Eventually, theoretically, Sarah and I will be submitting one. I th- those don't let this sway you that those don't necessarily count towards all the others that are that you might send in, fair listener. In fact, uh, they're probably uh, worse than yeah. whatever you might send in. There's a very good chance that we'll all hate them. Probably, there's a good chance. 
we're going to submit our own and then like everyone else is better. Yeah, very good chance. Because we barely like this one. I also have, uh, it's one of the reasons why, I don't know if you noticed, I, I had put on either Instagram or Facebook or something, I was like, Chris and I and potentially our head of design because she can act as a third party as right. well. So I right. asked her if she'd want to be involved with that and she said yeah. yeah. So she can listen to ours as well and help decide if they fit, if ours fit well with the other ones we want to do. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And you have until the end of the month you have until the 31st of august August? jesus yeah whatever month this is and let's be honest andrew and i aren't gonna know when the 31st of august is anyway so you probably that's true yeah so get them in you've got some time (laughs) like it's gonna be like september 6th and we're gonna be like oh wait we should cut that off yeah so you've got uh you should pinch it off like an rb never mind you've got about two weeks and uh, I had another announcement as well. Oh, yeah. If you want to come see me act, I'm acting in Central Park on the 20th. Oh, again. Always. So Summit Rock this Saturday, the 20th at 4 p.m. Summit Rock in Central Park in New York City. It's an event called Unrehearsed. That's a fundraiser for this uh, company that I work for. And the idea is that they give us a Shakespeare script. They tell us who we're playing. Nobody knows who anyone else is. Nobody rehearses. We just show up on the day. They do release the cast like sort of over time. Right. So in a way you find out that way through marketing, but they don't tell us. And it's, it's basically like the week before you start to get a sense of who's playing who. And then you just show up. Everybody shows up on the day. There's no director. You just show up and you go. I like this idea because then theoretically I could show up as an audience member and just out of nowhere start saying lines. And you would have no idea if I'm someone just Will Smith in it on to stage yeah or if i'm just someone who's supposed to be there it's gonna be absolute chaos what would tip me off is if uh nobody else started talking at the same time like i do know the show so like i'd know if it's the right line and if no one else was there delivering the line then i would have said but it would be a good way to sneak in yeah also and they reveal the cast list ahead of time but it would be uh you could like i've thought about that about being like part of the audience so the audience wouldn't know yeah necessarily you know i yeah. just hang out and then just get up and see what they do true or false if i go to summit rocket really any given time uh during the day or really part of the night if i stay there long enough you will come by and perform something there's a 60 40 chance that i will already be there okay that's what i thought but too. it's fun there's there's referees so the idea is they keep track of how many lines you miss and stuff like that and there's like a prize you can bet on who's going to do the worst are there bouncers uh is there security no. at this? excellent that's no right. no it's it's central so park my plan so. is going swimmingly yeah so far so yeah. good tell you what I will act as a bouncer if you fuck around. If I come up and start doing lines, you're just going to punch me in the face. When you say doing lines. Yeah. Of coke. Okay, great. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Off a hooker's ass. Yeah, especially if you give some to the NYPD, they'll let you do it. No problem. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that's uh, this Saturday, the 20th at 4 p.m. in Summer Rock in Central Park. So come say hi. Awesome. I oftentimes do give coke to... The NYPD. I not don't believe you. The N- not, no, you're right. It's not, I don't give it to the NYPD, but I do give it to their horse. Wait a minute. Huh? So would you say that their horse is riding a white pony? 
Yes, I would. And they're riding the rails. So, Andrew, should we get to what we're talking about today? I mean, I guess if you really want to. Uh, you know, I've been having so much fun just shooting the shit for a while. Just, <laughs> we could change the format right now. We could just yeah, let's do it. this and just submit this to ourselves. Wild card, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> be, let's just complain about YouTube some that'd more. That'd be a great episode. I mean, it wouldn't for the yeah. listener, but for us, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, it'd be fucking and awesome. For just an hour, we just fucking yeah. we say we're going to we'll, we're going to do a certain subject. We even title the episode that and then we never get around yeah. to it and then they're like was it weren't they gonna yeah <laughs> and then we just but we never even mention it yeah so andrew uh we're talking some paper girls today are we talking paper girls sure. let's talk paper i think girls. so yeah yeah uh, i mean we both watched it there were a lot of things because we had talked about maybe talking about sandman if yeah. you want us to talk about sandman tell us we talked about maybe talking about prey, prey the new predator movie if you yeah. want to listen if you guys want us to review either of those let us know i'd be open to possibly doing that for one of the other yeah well the issue is that well. by the time the next review yeah, episode comes out saying. it's gonna be like three weeks from now yeah, so it's gonna be like she hulk time pretty yeah. much but we'll see let's see uh who knows we might run out of stuff to say about paper girls and just go into prey who who knows but at this point we've talked so much about youtube we can't so yeah Paper Girls came out and uh, on Amazon Prime. First of all, it's based on a comic by Brian K. Vaughan that you and I have. Have you finished it? No, I've only read the first two volumes, I think. Okay, but you and I both have a great affinity for Brian K. Vaughan. I adore Paper Girls. I really want to finish it. I just never have the time. Yeah. And Brian K. Vaughan is is a writer that we I mean, we did a spotlight episode on him before. So you could check that out if you go back into the feed. We have told him in person that he basically is the reason this podcast exists. Yep. Pretty much. (laughs) It's uh, uh, so we have a great affinity for for the comic. Amazon Prime released an eight episode season recently. It's about for those who don't know. So Paper Girls is about four paper girls who deliver newspapers for you youngins. That was a thing. Anyway, I can't get into what a newspaper is, but it used to carry the news uh, back when there was actual news that were facts. Think about like the, the when your parents read the New York Times on their phone, but it's made out of paper. If they were to print out the internet... Uh, and and then, it only cost a quarter. Yeah. In 1988, and specifically October 31st slash November 1st, 1988, four paper girls who get involved in, uh, well, let's just say time travel and we'll go from there. And all the things that ensue. Four teenagers in the 1980s are riding their bikes around their local Midwestern town trying to solve a mysterious mystery in this science fiction tale. No, I'm not talking about Stranger Things. Or Super 8, or Goonies, or E.T., or It, or Paper Girls. Oh, no, wait, we are talking about Paper Girls. That's right, Chris. We're talking about Paper Girls today. That's right, yeah. So let me, let's get into it, because it's interesting. I remember when we were about to sign off last week, you were like, I have some thoughts. I do. And I was watching this whole thing thinking, what are Andrew's thoughts? Usually I have a good idea on what those thoughts are going to be, and this time I have to confess... I have no idea what you're about to say. Really? Yes. So then I would actually like to start with you. I okay, want to know what you great. think. Okay. I have to, I have to admit, I went into this series again. I have great affinity for the comic. So there were two big hurdles for me when watching the series that I had to get over. And I'll be honest. I, I'm not sure if I fully got over them, which is no, it does a disservice to the to the series, but it's no fault of the series. And that's number one. 
I had to try not to be the person who went, well, in the comics, this happens and I wish they would do this and that and the other thing because I love the comic and it is wild and extreme and it is really one of those comics that you go like this fits in the medium of comic books and really no other medium. Like it's really hard to do something. You can't just straight adapt this. So I had to like get over that hurdle. But then there was a second hurdle in front of it, which was this is not Stranger Things. And I have to not compare it to Stranger Things and say, well, in Stranger Things, it would look like this and they would do this and things like that. I had to try and view this as its own entity. And it was really hard to do. I don't know if I fully got over those two hurdles. So that is my kind of asterisk with everything I'm about to say as far as reviewing this. I liked this question mark. I'm not entirely sure if I did. I think that I did. And there are parts of it that I enjoy. But I'm not fully sold on this. I'm not like fully invested in this. Yeah, I, I got to know. What did you think of this as well? I kept waiting for the turning point yeah. that I would I would fall in. Yes. That I would fall in love with this show. The first episode I was like... Okay. All right. You know, it's the first episode. Right. They're finding their sea legs. You know, it's not. Uh, you know, we we as well as anyone know that a pilot right. is a pilot right. for a reason. And oftentimes, you'll see, especially in like old sitcoms, the first episode of a show is just fucking awful. Like, right. the, like even technically, yeah, audio's yeah. bad, video quality's bad because they just put up the pilot. They're just setting everything up. Yeah. Well, and even like they haven't thrown the money at it yet. They're like, put this up. Right. It'll be our first episode. Yeah. We get a free episode. Right. And and that sort of has continued even when they don't do that. They still use the pilot as a guide for the first episode, and they don't have the team of writers, and they don't have the production staff, and they don't have all these other people contributing to what will inevitably become the grand total, the, the a, a sum that is greater than its parts. Yeah. And then there's the second episode, and I was like, still not, still not hitting it for me. Mm-hmm. Part of it, I think, I'm, all right. I'm not a person who, you know, I'm, I, I was going to like shit on a bunch of kids because I don't think they act well or whatever. Right. I know. I, yeah. OK. I know. Yep. 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 But man, these kids can't fucking act. No. That, but <laughs> but uh, what I will say, here's the thing. And I mean this as a as a as mostly a compliment. And I want to try to get through this whole thought, which is that none of the I feel like there is not a strong link even a maybe even a medium link in this entire cast. And the reason I say that is sort of a compliment. It's not really a compliment, but it's more of like a scapegoat for them. I don't like any of the acting in this, and I don't think it's the actor's fault. I agree with you on this. Because nobody's good, yeah. including people that we have seen before who are good. Yeah, I agree with you on this. I There are moments... Where people were certain actors shine. And I'm I'm with you on this on like, I don't want to spend like 30 minutes shitting on four young people because they're because professional or not, they're young people. They're just starting out and acting. But it's also not just them. But I it's feel. Not just the them. only actor I thought was even kind of OK was the guy who plays Dylan, Max brother. And I like I was like, oh, yeah, he's good. He's fun. He's pretty good. But even like I, I can not pronounce his name, but the guy who plays the grandfather, Jason, uh, Jason Montezucas. Um, Yes. Monsicus? Yeah. Monsaukis? No, it doesn't Monsukis. matter. But he's a fantastic actor, great comedian. He is. Ali Wong as well, very, very funny, great, great yeah. actor. And I just felt like 
they didn't have proper guidance in this. Right. Or it's in the editing or uh, the acting coaches or so, I don't know what it is, but there's something missing. There's right. no magic in this. I will say this as well. This might be work as a scapegoat as well. I had this saved for sort of a trivia section near the end. But um, the young actors evidently were asked not to talk to each other at all before filming. So their relationships with each other would grow alongside Got the characters' it. relationships. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it. Is that like it, it oftentimes feels like they don't really know how to interact with each, with other. each other. Yeah. It feels a little like this is going to be. Listen, any youngins listening, get ready for this. But it often feels like. Either if you like when you break up with someone and then years later try to start a relationship yep. with them again. Right. Or just starting a new relationship. It can be kind of like, right. oh, I didn't. Are you did you want to? You know, yeah, it often feels like that. And I don't know that it should. It's not cohesive. It's not fluid. Right. And I think if that was the direction they were giving, I think that's a mistake just because I understand what they're going for, because these these people these girls in this story actually that's not true though because many of them know each other many of them three out of four know each other yes it seems you know so really they should have just told Aaron not to speak with any of the other three but even that I think is a mistake I agree with you I think you you have to trust the people you're with you know trust your actors to act right well also you have the majority of the time is them in very close situations and they have a cohe they should have a cohesiveness there's really it's only really the pilot where they're strangers to each other you know and then from there this traumatic experience happens and instantly you're bonded with somebody and i i've been watching interviews with the cast and they have so much fun they love each other yeah and they're laughing and giggling there is a scene where they sort of have a sleepover or whatever and that feels very genuine there are often times where lines feel improvised in a good way right it feels like they're saying something that is spur of the moment that's another thing i think another thing that does a disservice to the acting i think a lot of the dialogue is bad i agree especially max's dialogue I thought it was yes. really just Mac. Mac sorry, is it, it's yeah. Mac, isn't it? Yeah. I, I really think I'm gonna slight. I'm gonna screw up everyone's name, but I'm only gonna screw it up by like one degree, one letter. Yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> honest to God. Mac, I think her dialogue is really bad. I think they really don't do anything really great with her character. I think they keep her. She rides the line between two dimensional and three dimensional. Yeah, but she's really like. That she stereo- never crosses into it. No. I don't think in a th- there's no subtlety. No, but that's what I mean. It's she's a very generic, yes, like kid from the other side of the track. And every scene is that. Every scene. Something we were talking about with the third or the fourth season of Stranger Things is that I remember I had said when you're when you're doing an homage to '80s films and media. You don't have to take the bad stuff too. There's stuff that can stay in the '80s and the like hard, you know, shell of a person, the kid who's just like had a hard life, who's just a dick to everyone. Right. It's not good. It's not good yeah. writing. And I she, think that's part of it. Because Max's character, every chance she gets talks about, is it KJ? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, it's a series of letters that doesn't make CJ, sense. CJ. Yeah, PJ. But that's what I mean. It should be RJ. Yeah. <laughs> every dialogue with her is you're rich kid and I hate you. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, at some point, either KJ or the other girls need to tell Mac to shut up. Yeah. Or leave. Or leave because it's like, so Like there's annoying. a part where it's like, she's like, I'm getting out of here. And they're like, no, you can't. And she's like, fuck all of you. And I'm like, let her fucking Let's go. Let her she's go. a dickhead. Yeah. I think her character, there's 
things that you could have done with that that would have been much deeper. And she just rides that line of like this stereotypical kid from the wrong side of the tracks. By the way, I will say this. The the actor who plays KJ, if there was a standout, I do think it's her. I think mm-hmm. she stood out for me. Her and Tiff, the two of them really stood out. That's what I was going to say. Those are the two for me, which I will say. So two things those two actors have going for them. Right. One is that the actress who plays KJ is the oldest one. Right. So she's probably had more experience. She's probably had more classes. The other thing is the actress who plays Tiffany. If you watch the interviews, she's the most like her character. Yeah. In so she's not even trying. She she's just coming. The rest of it. them are very clearly putting on a character. Yeah. I think those two are the, the strongest. But I, I would also say this. I think they give them the one of the reasons is they get the most to do. They have the most to work with. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Because I think Aaron has a lot to work with. She does, but I think between uh, when they, or do you when mean just Tiff, like good writing? Yes, that's what I'm saying. The writing. Okay, I, I think, think you like quantity. Them, no, no, no. I think I <laughs> gotcha. think the writing and the quality of the storylines that they give those kids. They have the yeah. most to work with. Well, and here's um, another thing too. I want to talk a little bit. I want to move on from the kids because I go, feel bad talking shit about the kids. But we've we've said it's not their fault. We don't think. No, I don't think but so. But also, Ali Wong is surprisingly disappointing in this for me. And I think part of the reason, though, is because I don't even remember what year the comics took place in in the the future with the uh, adult Aaron. Uh, I'd have to look at it, but I think it was like late '90s, early thousands, or something, probably, possibly. Yeah. Or, or mid thousands. It was, you know, so it, so when you're playing an older version of yourself, she's like 30. Right. And when you're 30 and single, it's not that big a deal. Right. But because we're setting this now in like 2019 or 2022 or whenever it was, right. now she's 40. Right. And single. And that's a bigger deal. And that's a character. Right. And I think that's something that I like you said, you're trying not to compare it to the comic. But like, I think the dynamic of like a 12-year-old version of yourself and a 30-year-old version of yourself is very different than the dynamic of a 12-year-old version of yourself and a 40-year-old version of yourself. And I just felt like she was playing a character. Yeah. She was playing this stuck up, uh, uh, like sort of, uh, organized and right. w- career focused woman who doesn't have time for a man. And Oh, right. you get out of my house. And I'm like, that's none of that. Almost all of it, including the way she was like walking. Yeah. She was walking very much like a, like a busybody. And, and I'm like, what are you, who yeah. is this? This isn't a real person. I, the other thing is that, and I've said this about other actors and, and this is a, another really good case of it of you hired you hired someone yes who is very funny and has a very specific skill set that they could bring to the table and you don't utilize it at all yeah Ali Wong is absolutely hilarious if you've ever seen yeah. King Cobra or any of her stand-up specials I mean Sarah hates stand-up she loves Ali Wong yeah loves her I had never seen any of her stuff before this I was like who is this woman and I was like the name rings a bell so I looked her up and I was like oh she's fucking hysterical she is fantastic and the other thing is even though a lot of her stand-up is about being uh especially since King Cobra Uh, Is about being a mom and being a wife and how exhausting that is. The point is her comedic voice is about how exhausted she is and how run down she is. And frankly, the her comedy comes from 
having no reins. She's wild on stage. She's all over the place. She's throwing her hands up. She's yelling into the mic. She's turning back and forth, even while pregnant. Like, imagine what happens if you can, if she's not pregnant anymore and you can really have her just like go balls to the wall. And what they did on this is put her in a straitjacket. Yes, but what I'm what I'm saying is that the fact that it comes from her comedy, the, the material comes from a frustration. Yeah. And this is a character that has a frustration. Yeah. You're, you can easily channel that into something else, even though it's not the frustration of being a mom or being a wife, and it's the frustration of being alone. But there is... The comedy you comes from fucking method straight. actor. But what I'm, but you can write to that. She can deliver those punchlines. I agree. I, I think what we're saying are two things that go hand, hand in hand, hand, which is that she couldn't as the this version of that character. Yeah. Because she has to be a timid, quiet. But if she was not that, right. then she could do that, yeah. and she can. She can like really be like. What are you doing? What's happening? You know, right. like really like get in her, yeah. her, her space, her, what do you call that? Like her, her rhythm, right. her, yes, her cadence. Uh, like in her mojo. Yeah. And that's the thing is she, her character specifically, I kept waiting. You had that feeling of like, I'm waiting for the drop. I'm waiting for that to like fall in love. Yeah. And her character specifically, I kept waiting for that love. Like, all right. She starts off timid and kind of, you know, constrained and everything. But I'm waiting because they got Ali Wong. They're going to unleash that Ali Wong. You know yeah. what I mean? They're going to she's going to have a snapping point with her young self or something where she's going to reveal how, you know, just fed up she is with her life. And and here it is. She's going to and I'm going to fall in love with this character. I'm going to she's going to have that hilarious moment. I'm going to be on the floor. It never happens. You're on the precipice and it never quite happens. And I'm like, well, it's, yeah. it's like not being able to scratch an itch, you know? Yeah, I agree. The other thing about this is that because, first of all, I think this is just a quick side note. I think Amazon really missed a beat here because in the comic, this is a, I, not, I don't think it's spoiler alert, but in the comic, one of the big reveals that this is the future is that that little like device that they find, it's an Apple product. Right. So there's an apple on the back, yeah. if you remember. Yeah. And of, co- of course, Amazon, I get it. Amazon's not going to put an Apple product in there, but they really missed a beat. If they were going to change anything, you should really change it to some sort of Amazon Prime thing. Like just have the whole thing sent around Amazon. I, I agree. Don't or anything. Samsung. What the hell like, are you get, doing? Get money. From a company that makes electronic products. Because I thought the same thing. I was I was sitting next to Melinda, who has never read the comics, and I was like, here comes the cool reveal. Yeah. It's going to be so good. Never happens. And I'm I was like, like, I don't understand. Happened. Like, why could, instead of an Apple product, why, do, why don't they find just an Amazon Prime box? Well, they like. Sure. You know, but anything. Like, yeah. like it could have been an, ele- an Echo. Yes, it could have been Echo Dot. You know, the only thing we get is them weirdly being weirded out by like an Alexa app. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Alexa, shut up. Oh, my God. I didn't know you had one. (laughs) It's in the room. It's watching me all the time. I also think that like you could have like put it to the highest bidder of Motorola, Samsung. Who wants your product in our new show. Yeah. Who wants to take over for Apple? You know, basically. Yeah. Like we don't want to give it to Apple. But you guys make a lot of products that we sell. Yeah. This thing's going to be a central part of the plot. Yeah. So anyway, that was my side note. Uh, the other thing about this that I think is troubling is is that because you can't do what is done in the comics, because you just don't have the budget for it. I mean, you just can't. Um, 
this started to be a really interesting show. And I almost was like, why even make a paper girls show? You could have easily just made a different type of show. And it, cause there's a heart to this that it, I shouldn't say that there is the potential for a heart to this show. Well, and we know that from the comic, right? The comic has it, right? But there's a, a about, you know, what it is to lose your way and what it is for life to kind of change what you dream, what your dreams were and who you were when you were a kid and who you are when you become an adult and what would happen if you got the chance to face yourself. Cause every, let's see, KJ, Tiff, everyone, uh, three out of the four get that chance. I would say all of them do. That's because true. Yeah. She, I spoilers by the way for paper girls, yeah. but uh, cause she Mac goes to her grave. Right. And finds Which that is she sort died. of the same thing. Yeah. But it's one of those things where like Tiff has some great scenes with herself. You know, the first four episodes, five episodes are all Aaron, like just laying into her older self about being a failure. And it's I was like, this could be that show. Like you wouldn't even need the other huge sci-fi elements. You could have made a completely different show. And I, that I think would have been riveting. Yeah. You could have really added a heart to this show. And since you can't do the special effects that are in the comics, take it in this direction, take it in a completely different interesting that you bring up the special effects too, because Brian K Vaughn, when we were at comic con, right? He said he didn't want to do saga because he was worried that you, you couldn't make, it realistic like the the cgi the budget that would have to go into it you could never do that right and watching paper girls i was like right there's no budget in this like this doesn't have the budget i don't know what they were i don't know what the budget was but holy even on set pieces and stuff yeah they're definitely trying to pare down which i get i I understand but that's what i mean like take it in a different direction then make it work for you i wonder if they got worried after why the last man failed Possibly. Yeah. And they took out some money. Yeah. I just, you know, it could have, it, it has that potential. I'm with you. I'm on the edge of this cliff waiting to fall. And it just never in the first eight episodes never got there. I think it's got a huge pacing problem. Like, I think the editing, I don't know who edited this thing, but man, there's just a lot of every episode could have been 40 minutes. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot. So of I don't space. know if that's maybe that's a writing problem that Amazon said no, it has to be an hour. So now they've written a 40 minute episode. So now fix it in editing because there's a lot of shots of them running or of them on bikes or of them looking around a house for like three minutes in silence. Yeah, it, it drags a lot. It does, and I think part of the reason is it loses. It kind of loses itself like, uh, for a little bit every episode where. You know, the, the okay, typically in a show, you don't want to make, I'm trying to think, somebody just came out and was knocking people who's uh, showrunners who want to do like eight, an eight hour movie instead oh, of yeah, eight I remember television, that. eight episodes. I can't remember who it was, but anyway, but typically in a show, even for, with eight episodes like this, where there's an overarching plot, every episode has to have its own plot start to finish we have a conflict we have to resolve it by the time the credits you might roll. say like a comic book issue exactly this doesn't feel like it has that i'm sure that they're there i'm sure i could break it down if i really tried but i there's no episode where i was like it's the blah 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 episode yeah you know what i mean the only one i could think of is the tiff episode where they go to visit 
Ultif. Right. But that's really even yeah. not. Well, and she's in a few episodes. She's in a few episodes. But that's but that's what I mean. It, there's no where I'm like, it's this episode where this story arc happened. It's just this kind of meandering through eight episodes of like they go here and then they kind of go there. And it also then because of that, it never reaches either that heart that I was talking about before. But it also loses the whole driving storyline of we're four girls lost in time and there's these people pursuing us and they're trying to get us and we're trying to find our way back. You know what I mean? It really goes back and forth for characters who are so driven, supposedly, to get back to 1988. They spend a lot of time yelling at their older selves about how they're all losers and eating Pop-Tarts (laughs) like there's no one or the other it was kind of that's the kind of feeling i got from the series of like what do you want to be yeah what kind of show are you because you're kind of trying to be both and you don't have the room for that be one or be the other be four girls who intercept their older selves and then these older selves have to reckon with the idea of how far off skew their life has gone or be a a suspense an action suspense of four girls lost in time and these adults are coming after them from the future and trying to kill them you know there's no drive to this whatsoever i agree even at the end even in the last episode when the they're literally being chased after i'm like eh, yeah it's fine the the stakes never feel very high yeah because I don't quite get what the stakes are. Right. These the time travelers, you know, Jason Manzukis and 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 um, I forget the other actor's name. Who, by the way, she's Adina Porter. Yes, thank you. I think she's fine. She's fine in this. I've seen her in other things, and she's she's pretty yeah. Decent. She's kind of just like for seven of the eight episodes, she's sort of like a soulless Terminator. Right. But that's what I I was like. Yes, this would be great. The T one thousand of this show. Right. Like, that would be great. I was like, why is she not in every other scene? She she could be a great villain. Just make her like I said, the T one thousand of just like bullet train through everyone she encounters but i think if you built up all the other characters in a better way and wrote better dialogue i don't think you i think she would have fit perfectly as a single piece in the rest of the puzzle yes yeah yeah yeah. you know what i mean you wouldn't feel like wait a minute no i want more of that because that's like one of the best things in the show if it was just another good thing in the show right you know, you might not feel like saying. you're missing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, some trivia? Do you want some sort of? Yeah, let's do some, some trivia. Some cool stuff. Jason Manzukis actually introduced Ali Wong to Paper Girls during the pandemic. Really? Uh, which led to her being in the series. Ali Wong told the rap that she and Jason Manzukis always fantasized about playing Alana and Marco in Saga. Oh. <gasps> Oh, my gosh. I know. They're a little old now. They I forget one of them said that in an interview that I read that they were like, yeah, we kind of missed it. Oh, that would have been good. good. Right. Yeah. Uh, She was talking about being bored and she was a big comic book fan, but she'd never read any of Brian K. Vaughn's stuff. So so one day she got home or one day there was a knock at the door or whatever because she was at home for quarantine and she opened the door and there was a big box from him full of comics. That's amazing. And Paper Girls was in there. And incredible. She got in touch with him and was like, you know, they're making this into an Amazon Prime show, I think I would really like to play older Aaron. And he was like, you should reach out, see if see if they can. So she did. And while she was auditioning, she was like, you know, they're still trying to cast the grandfather. You should audition for that. And so she got him to audition for that role. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
he is great as that role. He's fine. They, I, I guess, he's great. They give, they don't give him. Oh, a I whole see. Lot like he's a good do. choice. Yeah, he's a great choice. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Let's see. So I already said the thing about the CGI and Saga. Yep. But like one of the other things that I think is a big problem with this show, mm-hmm. and this is less trivia and more just like me ranting some more, right. is that um, YouTube blocked our video. No, <laughs> is that um, Brian K. Vaughn at Comic-Con when we saw him said yep. one of the reasons why it's rare for him to adapt his stories into film and television is because he 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 feels like if they're just going to do it the exact same way that he did it, then what's the point? Because if if what you're making isn't better right. or at least different than what I already did, they can just read what I already did. Why right. why would we make something that's and I can just collect the royalty check directly? Sure, but also just more them. more. I think he's very aware of what would interest people, just sort of in general. Yeah, and I think he cares very much about that. And so he's like, right. if you just make what I made. But moving in live action, right. there's no reason to watch that. Right. You can just read the book. Right. And it'll be fun and it's got the great artwork because Paper Girls has great artwork. Saga has great artwork. So that's one of the things he talked about with Why the Last Man is one of the reasons he did that show is because they had some ideas of how to make it different. Yeah. And I'm starting to worry that if he can, cont- like, I get it. I I get that he wants his, I, I understand his reasoning. Right. But I'm also concerned that when you take something that's really good and has withstood the test of time. Right. And you decide to change it. Yeah. The odds are stacked against you that it'll inevitably end up being worse. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing I would say in kind of support of what he's saying is that nothing ventured, nothing gained in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yes. so far, nothing gained at all. Right. But that doesn't mean that there won't be some other adaptation that isn't absolutely brilliant. And and why not? I respect him. Listen, even if everything that they adapt from him is is terrible, I respect the idea of like, well, if if it's bad, that's fine. As long as, again, you're trying to we're trying. I think what I respect in this is that is the try. It is instead a swing. of the. In, yeah. Take the big again. Taking those big swings like, you know, he's like, listen, I don't need I'm he's like the anti Mark Millar. You know what I mean? Like he does not need he knows he does not need the money for this. He makes plenty of money doing what he loves already. Yeah. Whatever check he gets from Amazon adapting paper girls is great. But it's not necessary. So he's not just going to sell it for no reason at all. And he's like, listen, if they can try to do something different, great. If it turns out poorly, at least we tried. And that's fine. And it's something different. The other thing I will say is this, is that you we also don't know what was pitched to him. So from the moment that they pitched to and I'm not entirely sure that. Well, actually, no, I guess it's from anyone. That's not the point. But whatever they pitched to him, by the time we see it, there's a thousand other things that can take this off the track. You know, there's a thousand things from them pitching him. They could have pitched the thing that I said, which is like we're going to the time travel element is going to be almost just like a very minor part of this. And what we really like want to get to yeah, is get to the core of like what it is to lose to lose track of your life and, and be diverted from your dreams. And he's like, I would like to see that yeah. show and what it means to know, like for both of them, one to know that in the future, all your dreams, you don't 
attain any of them. And on the other side, to see the person who had the ambitions that you had and have to confront that person. And they could have pitched him something like that. And he's like, let's make that show. And then down the line, they're going, you know what, though? We really should like just to give it a little drive. We should probably put a little more of the time travel thing in it a little more. And just it just keeps, you know, varying degrees of getting off the Can track. Can we put a giant robot in it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I really miss the giant robot part, you know, things like that. And so, you know, you never know what he was pitched by the time it gets to this point. He doesn't have control of, uh, over that. He's not running this show. Yeah. Was there any other? I'm fascinated by this trivia. No, that's it. Uh, the only the last thing I have to say is there's no current plans to make a second season. That brings me to my question that I want to leave this on is this. So if they were to make a second season, would you be interested in watching it or vice versa? If this was to be it, would you be okay with that? It breaks my heart to say it, but if there was a second season, I would not initiate it a chance. I, I it would if if it came out and it got great reviews, sort of what happened with Prey, which we, maybe we'll talk about on the next review episode or whatever. But like I, where I was shitting on it for six months, and then everyone was like, "No, it's actually good." Yeah. If something like that happened, then I'd go back to it. Probably this isn't like it's not dog shit. Like it's not like the worst thing in the world. It's it's no. mostly just disappointing. I think it falls for me in that realm of and the second season now definitely falls in the realm of like, I mean, if you're if you're like, hey, what do I want to watch? I, I, you know, you get done with something else and you're like, what do I want to watch? What should I put on next? This is something that you could do again. Like you said, it's not dog shit. And second season, when it, if it comes out. I'm not going to be like second season of Paper Girls. I got to make way for this, but it will go on the list of things like, all right, I got to watch this, 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 this second season of Paper Girls will get in there somewhere. You know what I mean? It'll be on the list, but not it doesn't yeah. skip to the top hey, for me. It won't it won't make it to the list. You want to go into the reading assignment? Let's do it, man. Let's go into the reading assignment. I gave you Undiscovered Country by Scott. Snyder. Did you expect me to read this? Uh, I expected you to just look at the cover. Oh, well, let me tell you, man, that I have done. Excellent. Imagine this. A plague is consuming the world. The integrity. Oh, and crap. E- We're going to get flagged by YouTube again, aren't we? <laughs> the integrity and economy of the United States is crumbling after politicians have driven it and its citizens straight into an eternity of damnation. But enough about me. Let's talk about Undiscovered Country. Well done, everyone. He did it. Thank you. He did it. <laughs> Thanks. He did it. Thank you. Man, this, uh, what is this called? This, like... Episode? No, this photo wheel. What's that called? I have no idea. Slideshow is going much faster photo than I thought. Photo wheel. I- <laughs> photo wheel? Oh my gosh. Uh, Undiscovered Country, first published in 2019 and is still ongoing, is the story... Of the American dream. A bunch of people decide to visit America and realize it's actually a bunch of fucked up lizard people. A tale as old as time. The book is written and created by Scott Snyder and Charles Sewell with art by Giuseppe Comancoli. This is the plot. In the near future, more main characters than I'm able to keep track of are called on for a mission (laughs) to explore the current state of the U.S., which has been closed off for 30 years. There's a horrible pandemic sweeping the world and killing millions, but a man from the U.S. has said they have a cure and are willing to negotiate for it under the condition that the world sends 45 main characters to negotiate. It's too many. But they soon realize that there may be more to this than they initially were told. <gasps> um, 
So, Andrew, yeah. do you have any notes to start off with about the, I, <laughs> about I, the I've story? I've got a couple. I've got a couple. <laughs> um, let me ask the general question. What did you think of this overall? All right. So, to clarify, yes. we're doing volume one of the trade paperback. Yes. Which is titled Destiny. Yes. Uh, it is the, the story. So, like, the let's just say the... The U.S. has been divided into 13 different regions. Mm-hmm. The first one that they come across is called Destiny. Destiny. So that's what the first trade paperback is called. They spend all their time in that one in Destiny. I felt about this first volume very similarly to how I felt about Paper Girls. I, as soon as I opened it, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. And I loved the artwork. And I was yeah. like, this is so interesting. The character dynamics are very unique and and intriguing. And like each person has their sort of specific archetype that yeah. they're, you know, be, and they have There's um, a bit of a mystery going on. You know, things is what it's there is. But also even the characters, the characters have sort of special tools, right. not physical tools, but like there's a negotiator. Right. There's like a mercenary. There's a pilot. There's right. a journalist. There's a historian. And I'm like, this could be interesting. This could be sort of like how do the the sort of mental tools that all of these people have acquired over time come in handy in unique situations and circumstances. But it, it doesn't really do that. They're all kind of just bunched together and running for their lives. And I, I kept waiting for the moment that I was like, I'm going to like this. I'm going right. to like this. Where is it? Where is it at? And I got to the end and it, it, I never found it. It didn't really hit me. Right. Um, I still love the artwork. OK. But. It did. This is sort of where it's different is that I see. Here's the thing. Maybe if so, there's a lot of good reviews about Undiscovered Country. And I was like, I'm not super sure why. I don't really get it yet. Right. If there were if there were three seasons out of Paper Girls and people were talking about how great it was, maybe I would have gone on to the second season. Right. Because with this, I went on to the second volume. Okay. Because I wanted to I wanted to feel I was like, people are saying this is incredible. I want to get a better sense for this. Yeah. So I did end up reading the second volume as well. I didn't quite. I was planning to read the third one, okay, um, but I didn't end up having having the chance. Give it. Give a sneak peek as far as the second volume. Did it help? Kind of. Uh, may, even if you didn't completely fall in love with this, did it? Did it make you fall a little bit? Did, did yes. It sway I, you I definitely like it more towards now. the positive. Okay. Yeah. I at the end of the first volume, I was like, I don't really understand where this is going, who right. these people are, what's happening, why are we here? They don't really set a foundation. They tell you what you're supposed to think the plan is. Yes. And then the characters get there and they're like, J.K. That's not this the plan not at all. What Everything's it is. Yeah. fucked up and that's not what's happening. Something else is happening and they don't You're give fucked and I'm fucked and we're all big and fucked. <laughs> yeah, but they don't really give any hints as to what that is. Right. The second volume gives a lot more hints. Right. The the biggest issue I think I have again is pacing. It's it's there's a lot of exposition. Yes. Even in the second volume, there's a three page segment where a character just explains why they look a certain way. And I was like, this is not needed. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care why you're old. That was it. She's old yeah. and like yeah. in a machine. And they're like, what? And she's like, ah, yes. Now I'll tell you why I look this. And I was like, I don't. Please just move on. Please. please. Yeah, just whatever. It's just monologues. It. There's a lot of monologues. I just accept it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it could be a little quicker, but that's my only real note. And and yeah. the, especially the first trade paperback, I, I think the story we got in the first trade paperback 
could have been half as long, and then you can throw in other stuff that's interesting about, like, other locations they go, other uh, animals they encounter, other characters they encounter, right. the dynamics between the characters we know about, and stuff like that, because there's a lot of just hanging around, yeah. people talking about, well, you didn't know, I don't think that person's still alive, and well, you don't know, because I know they're still alive, well, I'll never believe, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, alright, I get it, like, let's, let's move forward. Yeah, yeah. Let's just figure out if they're actually alive alive or not. Right. And there's less of that in the second volume. It's still there, but it's not as much. Yeah, I uh, I read this. It's weird to think about this. This came out, this actually started before the pandemic, which is... Wild, right? Right? And Well, it's kind of like when we reviewed year, um, Don't Look Up, right? Yes. Because everyone was like, oh, it's about the pandemic, and it wasn't. No, and it, it, it came out the year of the pandemic. It just came out, like, I think it was just maybe December... 2019 or something but like early 2020 is running because that's when I read it initially I, or I read it but I didn't write down what month it was but it, I, it was it was late yeah. though too because it was they released the first they gave the first issue early they released it early to people who went to the panel at Comic Con yes correct which was in October right right of 2019 so it would have been like November it would have been like a month before COVID was discovered yeah that's what I mean because I remember reading this, I was, uh, the first time I read this, I was flying to my in-laws for Christmas. So it was around like December 2019, January 2020, something like that. And I think I had read maybe the first like two, three, four issues or something like that. So yeah, it was, it's, it's wild to think that it timed out like that. Makes you think maybe Scott Snyder had a hand in this whole thing. We're kidding, YouTube. Calm down. I'm not. <laughs> Deep state. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. I can see, definitely see what you're saying. I'm I'm interested. I actually, I don't think I've read past the second, the first volume. If I have, it's been, again, like two, three years since I have. You're a lot better with like exposition-y stuff, too. Like you really, you liked um, the other history of the DC yeah, universe or whatever I mean, it is. Th- listen, to, the way I can, can kind of equate this if you're listening and kind of wondering exactly what the hell we're talking about, this is like, it's almost like the wizard of Oz meets lost. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's a journey. They literally say where you have to walk around this spiral road to get to the center. Wizard of Oz. I got because about halfway through, I was like, this is a bit like the yellow brick road. Yeah, exactly. But it's like lost because it keeps flashing back to all these other, like, yeah, there's these expositional points that you have to know in order for... And there are also, like, mystery boxes. Exactly, yeah. Like the doorway. They have to yeah. go through the door with the key. And you get the... So it's it's that's kind of where I get the lost element to yeah. it. It's definitely one of those ones where I read it and I go, oh, this is a big risk to read because the people who make this have to kind of know where this story is going to end. And man, it's got to, it better pay off to invest in this. Do you know what I mean? Well, and frankly, they've said that there are 13 regions and each trade paperback will be a region. region. Right. But at the so end, that's 13 trade, trade paperbacks. paperbacks. Yeah. And after all of this, when it all winds up, like it's got to have some sort of really satisfying conclusion. This better not be like fucking Flash. Yeah, exactly. Where I read the first, I watched the first two seasons yeah. and I was like, well, now I have to watch all of them. And now we're fucking nine seasons in and I'm like fuck me yeah but that at least like those are episodic that's episodic television where it's like 
monster of the week some of the time. Whereas this is like, it's one through line. And you're like, if Scott, luckily Scott oh, Snyder. Is sorry, a, I forgot you haven't watched past the second season. No, it's not. Oh, my, my mistake. Then it's all there's a big bad and we got to do something about it. Well, no, I know there's a big bad, but they also have like, anyway, the, the point not is anymore. They don't have like. Uh, like ah, there's a heist, and we got to figure out how to stop it, or we got to figure out how to say it. it's none of that anymore. It's, uh, it's always the big bad every episode. Yeah, yes. <sighs> See, I unless would, someone gets fired, would, and then they have to do like a, an about face and turn on a dime. Prefer that, but anyway. Ugh. But here's the thing: is that that this? Luckily, Scott Snyder has proven himself to be a pretty decent writer. Yeah, but I was also kind of like, I was reading it and I was like, okay, this dialogue's fine. Like, I agree. I, w- I went into it thinking like, oh, Scott Snyder, okay, yeah. let's go. And I was like, yeah, all right. I think the art is the best thing about it. It the, is. The yeah. Destiny Man is yeah, oh, fucking terrifying. It's fucking, yeah, that's it's fucking trippy. Oh, the weird fucking starfish shit yeah. on the giant wall and everything. Yeah. I'm like, this is incredible. Oh, yeah. No, the art is incredible. The dialogue, you're right. It's not the best dialogue in the world, but but as far as a storyline, like yeah. he can weave a storyline. Yeah. So I at least trust the writer in that regard. But like I said, it is one of those ones. If you're like, I don't want to invest in something and then get to the end and be disappointed. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but if you're one of those people who are like, I don't want to invest that kind of time. This might not be for you. That being said, if you're willing to go on a journey and take the risk that like this could pay off really well, or it could fall flat on his face. Then this might then this could be something for you. Would you recommend this to other people? Yes, I do feel so. All right. So that's sort of a loaded question. But I I do feel that this. Okay, so there's this thing that Dragon Ball Z did where Dragon Ball Z has like famous segment. There's this thing that Dragon Ball Z did where it's just two guys going for 30 minutes. No, but there's this thing that they did that they they made a recognition that like. Dragon Ball Z has like 300 episodes or some shit. And half of it is dudes just groaning while they're shooting lasers at each other or whatever, right? While they're powering up, which I put in quotes. I put powering up in quotes because who knows what they're actually doing? They're just reading a book or like <laughs> they're playing a video game. But so they came out with this thing called Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is the entire series edited down to like 80 episodes. My gosh. They just cut all that shit out. All the, all uh, the fat. That's up. Yeah, all the fluff, all the exposition, it's gone. It's like getting a fucking uh uh What's the what's the thing they give what's her face in that movie? <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. In Pulp Fiction, the the it's adrenaline. like an adrenaline shot. This is that yeah. Thing. It's like an adrenaline shot of anime. So like I feel almost like what I I think my preference would be all 13 trade paperbacks coming out and somebody like editing a shorter version together because I do feel like it's there's a there are a lot of like full pages that are sort of soap opera y. Right. And I don't think it needs to be at least the first volume. There still are in the second one. Maybe that'll ease out a little bit as because it, it does feel like there's less in the second one. I haven't read the third one yet, but I it's hard for me to. I do mostly recommend it, but the hard part is that, like, if the rest of it is more like the first volume, the one we were supposed to just read, I'm hesitant, but I would still probably say yes. I still mostly like it, 
if it's more like the second one or if it continues that trajectory of getting sort of better and better every volume, then yeah, definitely go go read it. Yeah, I think if they had just uh, you're right, there's a there's a version of this where they do they basically do it like an action movie where it's like, let's put all that like in the first volume, they have all the different issues have like a different exposition of like, this is the team member and this is who they are. And if they just did a, like an action movie where it's like in the, in act one, we gather the team. This is the team. This is why they're on the team. This is where they're coming from. And now we just move into, we crash land into America and we all know who everybody is. And let's just barrel through this. Yeah. There's also a ton of flashbacks, but that's what I mean. Yeah. You took some of those, uh, just the most, important flashbacks of like who this is who this person is like the doctor right of when she's trying to save that guy from the and they recruit her onto the team and the guy dies like ju- just that flashback put it at the beginning of the book put all of those flashbacks at the beginning of the book and then yeah. we cut to helicopter going to America and it crashes and you're like and from there just barrel or through. even I wouldn't be against a natural retelling of those stories that isn't a flashback. Right. Like, let's say two of the main characters get caught and put in a jail cell. Right, and they have And while they're waiting, one of them's like, so how did you get into this whole thing? And he just talks. Right. I wouldn't be against that either. Yeah, that makes sense too. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I mean, the over-under, I think, is it's a pretty decent, it's a pretty decent read. Yeah. But, yeah. If just for the artwork, too. It's very unique. It's very interesting. The characters that... There, there are some like extremely inhuman characters. Yes, that may, I, I don't know what they are yet, but uh, that are very interesting and uh, worth your time to just look at. Yeah, I think if you like Saga, you might like this because of just for that reason, because there is yeah. clearly a kind of a mythos in this world that we are not completely privy to, and as you go along, you find out more. Like they, you know. You are behind in everything that you're reading in that, like, the world is existing. There are definitely elements of this that feel a bit like a Brian K. Vaughn story. Yep, for sure, for sure, for sure. What do you got for me, sir? Oh, man, I had to think about it. I've been thinking about it all day, and I literally picked it right before. Hey, I picked this one literally during I know. the recording of the I last episode. I picked this one, so, in yeah. a way. Yep, it's true. Uh, so, this is, this is something that was recommended to us. It's okay. not our usual... Uh, forte. It's 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 gonna feel like I think it's gonna feel like it comes from left field, but I'm very interested it's in it, pizza. and I want to read it. Extra sausage. It's a little. I don't know if you've even heard of this, but it's a it's a story. If you say a dictionary, uh, actually, if you go and you look at the word uh, "fucking idiot" in the dictionary, it's just a picture of the YouTube icon. Oh, oh burn! Got him. Burn! I'm gonna assign to you the last Ronin. Oh wait, is this uh, is this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? It is. <gasps> yes, I haven't read it yet. I think I started this and I actually dropped off of it. So uh, not because okay. I didn't like it, just because I just lost track. of it. I'm very it's excited five about issues, this. Yes, and uh, I want to read it. So uh, I'm using this as an excuse. This is not out of left field for us at all. I've been waiting to. I've been thinking about assigning some TMNT in this in this genre, uh, and we have not yet. I was. I'm very excited about yeah. this. All right. You haven't read this either? No, I haven't even started it. Okay. All right. Excellent. I think I read, I, I started reading it when it was issue to issue and the issues were spaced out like yeah. two months in yeah, advance. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'll just wait. So I'm happy now. Oh, this is exciting. 
Oh, this is very exciting. Okay. I'm very happy about this. All right. Great. All right. Awesome. Um, then that is. Oh, wait. What? Did I have more notes to say? Probably. Uh, do you want to say them? Do you need to say them? Do the people need to hear this? It's interesting to point out. So there's three trade paperbacks out, Destiny, Unity, Possibility, each named for a different region. And I think the the Sewell, I think and? is the guy's name, there is no Scott Snyder. There's only Sewell. Sewell? Is, uh, he had an interview and he shared a photo from one of the regions called Bounty. Mm. And he said he doesn't know when we're going to get to Bounty, but it is one that there will be a trade paperback of at one point. Um, and it looks like sort of like a, a a very, I guess I'll use the word, bountiful. It looks like a bountiful uh, farm ground. Mm. They have like enormous crops and like like a, there's like a giant pumpkin and a giant apple. And, right. and there's this like tiny farmer. And then there's like vats of toxic waste behind the farmer. Mm-hmm. So still a little ominous. But he said he's not sure when they're going to get to it. But that is one that they have in mind. Other than that, we don't know any of the names of any of the regions. Excellent. Amazing. Um is that, is that all you got? Uh, let me see. I did have one more note. Uh, it just says here, YouTube can suck my dick. Oh, you think they'll flag us for all of this? I fucking hope they do. I hope they say. I hope they say that it's it's misinformation, and they're like, YouTube can't suck a dick because it's technically it's an algorithm, it's a program, which is unnamed. And I'd be like, I don't give a shit. You're like, I've programmed a few things to suck my dick. <laughs> then that's it there it is that was that was easy enough yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. oh uh actually what hold on wait i literally have now gotten all the issues of the last ronin right now actually before we go hey andrew yeah hey andrew yeah hey andrew yeah where can they find us well they can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, pandora soundcloud.com slash the media lunch break if you want to listen a little early every week our episodes go up at eight in the morning uh, Eastern Standard Time, that is, because we're in the Eastern Standard of Time. Oh, Andrew, there's nothing standard about you, sir. There's nothing Eastern about me either. <laughs> I'm very white. That's just racist. <laughs> but time has had an effect on me. You can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're somehow still at YouTube, I for guess, now. for the time being. Until they take us down for telling us, saying they could suck our dicks. Whatever happened to free speech? Not on YouTube. YouTube's putting chemicals in the water that turn the frickin' frogs gay. That's me being Alex Jones. Uh, You think Joe Rogan gets this shit? No, well, that's the thing, too. Look, I don't want to get on it anymore, but like, but like, is his episode still up? There was an episode where he interviewed some like fake scientist about that whole thing, and he was spouting all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah. There's an episode with Alex Jones. I bet that's still on YouTube. They're talking about talking to aliens after you do Molly or whatever. (laughs) That's not medical misinformation. Well, to be fair, though, it's it, it would be really hard to. Decipher the episodes where Joe Rogan doesn't talk about taking Molly. Fuck YouTube. You can also find us on TikTok, where our handle is at the Media Lunch Break. We're at Patreon if you want to send us a little bit of money, and that's patreon.com slash the Media Lunch Break. It's a small incremental amount. It could be a buck a month. It can be a single dollar, you know, redo, redo. Just had a stroke. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it was crazy. You can also send us an email at the Media Lunch Break at gmail.com, or you can visit our website, which is still in the middle of getting redone. We're still revamping it. I just approved a, I, I forget what she, a map 
I, got, I don't know what she called it. Melinda's doing it. And she she made like four different things. You were just on it with the technical terms today. I'm not a designer, Chris. Photo wheel. <laughs> it's like the a talkies, photo wheel. It goes through. It's yeah, yeah, It yeah. cycles through things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bicycle. Uh, an interweb of some kind. Like a cycle that likes both men and women. Yes. Yeah. Bicycle. I get what you're saying. I got it. No, because I was like with you. bi could yep. mean bisexual. Oh, oh, now it makes sense. Right, and it would be, and they, and and they right. tend to have two wheels. Right. Sorry if that's misinformation. It was just a joke. I, there becomes a point when it when people start to side with YouTube. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if I'm... I think we're on it right now. If I am, uh, uh... Are you still there? Yeah, what's the, What's the word where influential, I guess? If I'm influential enough, if my influence can make people side with a horrible corporation, I feel like I'm doing pretty well for myself. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you would be Elon Musk. Oh, fuck, I would love to be Elon Musk. Who wouldn't? Um, you can also give us a rating or reviewing on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube, if we're still there. I completely forgot where we yeah, were at this. I know. I had to yeah, cut you off. I know. And also, the most important thing that we almost just skipped, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Special thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. For, uh, you know, for... For writing a horrible letter to YouTube. Yeah, that's right. I'll tell you what, like Andrew said, you can leave a rating and a reviewing. Uh, you can leave it right in app. And I'll tell you what, you leave a five-star rating, you can put whatever you want in that review. This week, I want to hear uh, I want to hear you just rail against YouTube. Will they read it? Nah, but it'll just make me feel better. So go ahead and just rip YouTube a new one instead. You t- I'll tell you what, if you're out there and you've gotten flagged by YouTube, tell us your story. And we'll start a support group. But also, COVID is real. So if you come down with that shit, I'm not having it. All right? Don't give me this whole COVID is fake don't bullshit. Don't say it. All right? All right? Don't COVID even say those real, words. So don't even say that. I'm talking to you, Chris. YouTube. I know what you I know you are. Um, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. It's, it's very, very out. real. Extremely real. Anyway, um, <laughs> so never, of all the things we should bleep out, it's most of this episode. Oh, also, of course, once again, you're looking to start a podcast. We're the people to help you start it. So go ahead and send in all those pilots you have until August 31st. And probably, eh, let's probably like September 6th or something, because Andrew and I, we're not good with the calendars. Anyway, other than that, that's it. Next week is going to be the best Damn day of the week, Andrew. Yeah, and, and let me tell you as well. Yes, you know we just reviewed Undiscovered Country. Yes, but if but you if, have if you... anything that you want to, well, I was getting into that. I was I was reversing it, but I was I don't I was believe gonna, you. Now I was going to find my way to it, but also I forgot. Yeah. So if you, we just talked about Undiscovered Country. We just talked about Paper Girl. But as always. If there's something you want us to talk about, something you're reading, like someone suggested The Last Ronin, send it over and just be like, hey, I read this. You guys should talk about this. Let me I want to hear what you guys think about this. Or I watched this. Do an episode on this. Or I made this. Can you talk about it for me? Can you give it some love? Give it a shout out? Point people towards it? Send it over. You made a comic. You made a show. You made a YouTube video that doesn't get flagged for some reason. Send it over. And really, if you make a YouTube video that doesn't get flagged, can you tell us your secret? Because we're having a little trouble with that over here. 
Other than that, next week, like I said, best damn day of the week, Tuesday News Day. Tuesday News Day. Uh, and then after that, we'll figure it out. There's a number of things we could do. Maybe There's so Sandman, much out. Maybe Prey. Yeah. Maybe She-Hulk. I, I know a couple episodes of that is going to be out. I don't know how many, though. Do you think the next Predator films are going to be called Eat and Love? I would love that, actually. That would be fantastic. Eat would make a great Predator movie. Yeah. Love, I'd be very interested to see what they do with that. <laughs> they already did that one. It's called Alien vs. Predator. They just have to oh, retitle it. Oh, yes. Very well done. Thank you. Very well done. Other than that, that's it. There it is. We made a we thing. We made a thing. That's how we, we made a thing. There wasn't a thing here. And it now was so easy. And that's how easy it is. So easy. And now you should go out and make it. Th- th- listen, if we can make a yeah. thing. You can make it thing, yeah. and then submit it to us by August thirty first. Yeah, I'm just gonna spend eight hours tomorrow editing. But other than that, super easy. Super easy, easy as pie. Easy as making a pie from scratch. That's basically what I was. Yeah, that's, yeah. You got what I was going there. Yeah. You got what I was laying. We should down. start a podcast. We should because we're on such a good wavelength. I know it's weird that we just record all our phone calls like a bunch of conspiracy theorists. I know, yeah, and then just like put them somewhere. I don't know where they go. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. We've been putting them in this Dropbox folder on SoundCloud. Yeah, just for storage. Exactly. All right, that's it. There it is. There is no more show. I want there to be more show. Actually, that's a lie. I don't. I want to get on with my night. But there's no more show, Andrew. Are you okay with that? Are you sad that there's no more show? Do you mean ever? Yeah. Then no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> can, here's what we need. Instead of reviews, can everyone just pick a random YouTuber who isn't us and just report them for medical misinformation? Yeah. And then, oh yeah, I see. If you report everybody... Then it all cancels itself out. Yeah, we'll be the only ones left. If everyone gets flagged, then no one is flagged. We'll be like the Destiny Man. Right. In a barren oh. wasteland on YouTube. Yes, that'd be amazing. Uh, oh. Is that it? Is that how we end this show? Fuck YouTube. That's how we end this show. <laughs>